Hey guys, I wanted you to know I'm doing something a little different for the next few weeks. In addition to our interviews that, of course, I will keep doing and keep sharing with you, I have invited listeners to join me on the show. There are so many questions that you have and so many conversations that I want to have with you that I don't want to get on the air and just monologue about. So I reached out to my patrons, those of you who support the show on patreon.com. I thought, what a great place to start, right? And I said, who wants to be a sidekick? I want to have some conversations on the air. Do you want to join me? And they said yes. So today's conversation is with Eileen. Eileen is a listener of the show, just like you. And I had her on the air to have some of the conversations that I've been wanting to have and to answer her questions. So enjoy and give me your feedback and let me know what questions you want us to answer with the next patron on the show. All right? I'm loving having you guys as sidekicks. It's super fun. Today, we talk about everything. We talk about food. We talk about exercise. We talk about, you know, are there things I would never, ever, ever do? Do I have a never list? Do I have guilty pleasures? What is my professional background? We talk about so much more than I was planning on, and I didn't mean for this episode to be so long, but it was just like catching up with a girlfriend, and we ran on a bit. But I think you may find some nuggets of value you in here. At least it will satisfy some of your curiosity if you've been listening to the show for a while. But whether you have or whether you are new, stick around. We talk about so many things that I think you'll be able to relate to. So thanks, Eileen, for being the first sidekick on the show. Love you guys. Enjoy. Welcome. You're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey everyone, you're on air with Ella and today I'm joined by Eileen Lonergan and she happens to be a longtime listener or at least a listener of Eileen. Has it been a long time? It has been a long time, Ella, and it's such a treat to get to be here, like right next to you. Is it weird? It's so great. I'm one of those, as soon as I finish a book, I go and Google the author and I visit their website and I sign up for their mailing list and I want to know all about them. And so this is a huge, huge treat. And um, as sort of, you know, to jump right into the deep end, I found you, my acupuncturist suggested I listen to a few of your episodes um, right when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So you were so helpful and your voice was so inspiring and calming and your tips were so manageable. And, you know, you know, now I'm out the other side and, and doing back to complete normal, but I still love everything. It's still, you know, it's, it's great. So I'm happy to be here. That's amazing. And the honor is all mine. This is so, this is such an amazing opportunity for me to have you guys on the air. And, and I just wanted to tell, I, I've already sort of introduced this concept to the listeners, but I just wanted to just acknowledge that I get as much value out of having these conversations with you guys as I hope to possibly bring to the table for you. And there are so many things I want to talk about that I don't want to get on the air and just talk about by myself. You know what I mean? People ask me about 
okay, so you tried Atron Teal, you tried Restore, like you had the whole di- digestion thing, like where'd you end up on that? Or they want to know about my exercise routine or my professional background and, and that sort of thing. And I don't want to get on the air with just like me and my mic, Eileen, and, and <laughs> narrate, you know, the, the Ella Chronicles. So I thought it'd be more fun to answer like your real questions with a real live person. Does that sound good? It sounds perfect. And I have a load of questions. Okay, this will be fun. This will be fun. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, happy listeners, my friends out there who we are in your ears. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Just pretend you're a part of this conversation. And whatever questions this raises that we don't answer, send them my way. And then we'll answer them because I'm going to keep doing these. So, all right, Eileen, hit me. Hit you. Okay. So, so if we were out for a smoothie or a walk or, or a glass of wine. Can we have a glass of wine virtually? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay. Exactly. I want to know what is your favorite guest tip? Do you have one? Can you Eileen, isolate? Do you have a favorite child? <laughs> I have three favorite children. <laughs> okay. Actually, this is a really good question and people do ask me this and I want to, I want to give it its proper due. So the answer is like, no, I don't have a single tip that pops to the forefront of my mind. You know, in a hundred and sixty odd shows, there's not like one big, big thing. In fact, there are probably like a dozen. Like if you said, you know, what are the top 10, 12 things that have really, truly stuck with you and made a difference in your life? Like, can I answer it that way? Please. Okay. 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 So I'm going to even like try to go in order. So I, I pulled up my podcast index off the website that just lists every show that I've ever done. So yeah, you guys, yeah, I'm like legit going in order. So, so if any of these ring any bells with you, you'll sort of get a feel for where they are. So way, way back when on episode four, I talked to Sean Stevenson and he is just the coolest cat around. He has a voice like butter and he has his own podcast, the model health show. Um, and he's just a wonderkind. I just really, really love him and respect him. And he actually wrote a book about sleep. And I am one of those people, Eileen, that thought, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead, hustle, hustle, hustle. And he really made me realize that there are no awards for lack of sleep. In fact, there's a really steep penalty in almost every area of your life. And so I literally changed my whole sleeping environment um, and and my, my mentality around that. And now, like, I am a seven hours minimum girl a night. Like, it, it, and when I can't, I make up for it. Do you know what I mean? Or I, or I am conscious that I need to go back to taking care of myself because obviously there are periods where that's not feasible. But recognizing the importance has been a big shift for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Sleep is critical to so many things. I'm going to go back and listen to that one because I need it. Yeah. I mean, because you sort of feel like you get sort of hero points or martyr points or whatever, depending on your personality tendencies, honestly, when, you know, you're like, oh, three hours of sleep a night and all these entrepreneurs online and the interwebs, you know, they have you think that you should be able to sleep for three and a half hours and get your whole life done and get up at 430 and hustle, hustle, hustle. And I'm like, that's great, except it makes me feel like I'm drunk walking through life. It screws up my hormones. You know, I'm not 20 anymore. Um, it's just not worth it. And it makes me eat like all the things. <laughs> right. Right. I know. Tired. I know. You're constantly hungry and constantly on the caffeine and, yeah. but then, yeah. And it's just a habit because you've developed this sort of nocturnal life of I'm checking my email at two and it's what, oh, it's two fifteen. you know, what, yeah, that whatever. That sounds healthy, it's, right? That's how yeah. our ancestors lived. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So let's talk about food for a minute. In episode 19, Dr. Jade Tita, who is uh, someone near and dear to my heart just because the whole metabolic effect movement that actually started um, in the city in which I live. So Dr. Jade Tita and I used to be neighbors. He's since moved to Southern California. But anyway, he did a show with me, episode 19, that I called the Fat Loss Manifesto. And it's really just like the most plain spoken logical view on how to eat well without being manic about it and also um, about being your own detective. So definitely go back and give that one a listen if you haven't listened to that one. But I think about his protein water fiber thing all the time, all the time, all the time. I have added fat to that. So for me, a complete day has plenty of protein, fat, water, and fiber in my sort of daily intake. The show number 19 is the one I would hit for that. Okay, Eileen. The next person who really, really like super stuck with me. Well, the episode with Maddie Moon was really powerful for me. That was episode 35. Do you remember that? She is way young and she did like this fitness competition stuff and she got down to some obscene low body fat. I don't know if this is, if you guys are remembering this. And in the reason that show really left an impression with me is because she did all that and she was miserable, miserable. So she yeah, had miserable. Yes. You, could, you could hear it. Yes. In, right. And Even it, when she was saying I was miserable, she's, it was her, her voice sounded miserable. Well, and she like, she had everything everybody thinks they want and it means nothing. And so that really helped that just, that resonates with me. I think back to that and I'm like, I've been there. Like I've been there where I've been tip, 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 top fitness. And of course I thought I looked disgusting. And of course all I saw was everything that was wrong with me. And now I would give my left front tooth to look that bad. And you know, you can't appreciate what you have when you have it and, and, and all that sort of thing. So it was just a, a really good dose of perspective. So I'm going to skip ahead. Dr. V on breast health and staying cancer free. That was episode 43. That was huge for me. Huge, huge. Like I take off my bra whenever possible. <laughs> I, don't, I don't wear a bra whenever possible. Like these little things really stick with me. Um, we won't, we won't deep dive into that one, but that was, that was a classic for me. That was episode 43. The authors that have really made a difference in my life are Gretchen Rubin, Andrea Owen, Neen James, Katherine Hansen, and I've done shows with all of them. Anytime, anytime I'm like, I read your book and I want everyone to read it. Like those are books that changed my life and I want them to change yours. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, um, I've known about Gretchen and sort of popped in and out of following her on Twitter or, you know, listening here and there. But after you had her on when she was talking about the four tendencies, yeah. I have dove right back in and I I love how she's like you, where they, they give you some takeaways and things to try at home that aren't completely elaborate, you know, change your whole life, um, manageable little bits. So I think she's great. And I, is it Neen? Yeah. Neen James, my little yeah. Australian friend. I like, I loved her voice. I listened to her twice. I mean, she owns it. She, she does own it. And she had so many nice relationship things. To, I I would say, oh my gosh, I want her. Anybody who is her friend is blessed because she's just, she was awesome. Listen, Neen changed my life. And I'm so glad to be able to talk about this. Neen, I met randomly at a conference and she is four foot nothing. Okay. Four foot nothing in her 
extremely high hot pink heels <laughs> and she is an absolute powerhouse she's brilliant and she is the best motivational speaker inspirational speaker educational speaker um to witness and i saw her speak in front of thousands and thousands of people at a later conference but what's really brilliant about Neen is and this is a real lesson in business in life in relationships the moment i met her and like you know we kind of you know when your energy clicks with somebody yeah. Well, she definitely. didn't, she didn't know me from Adam and I didn't know that she was like a big deal. Okay. I'm, I'm nothing. I'm, it was like my first conference I'd ever been to. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. And yeah. Neen and I, Neen stood to gain absolutely nothing from introducing herself to me. And she came up, she's like, hi, I'm Neen. I was like, Hey, I'm Ella. And from there we sort of instantly clicked. Well, within three days, she had probably introduced me to 36 people just because she's like, Ella's amazing. You need to know her. You need to go on her show. And I mean, I don't even think I had launched my show at that point. <laughs> I mean, she, she was absolutely, she just showed me the power of networking through service to others. Right. And right. Ne networking makes people feel funny. And I'm like, networking means connecting with people and trying to help one another. Like that shouldn't make you feel funny. And she just showed me what it is like to be just utterly, utterly generous. Um, and so I'm actually really glad I got to tell that story. Thanks. Yeah. 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 I think she, I'm, I'm a fan. She's very gracious. She was, she's awesome. She's a powerhouse. Let me tell you a fun thing. Okay. Yeah. So I had Miriam Aziz on the show. That was episode 114. And it was, it was like kind of a left turn for us because the show was about self-defense. And, and I was like, wait, but we all need to know about like self-empowered self-defense. Well, a fun little story there is I went and signed up for Krav Maga, which is like Israeli martial arts and a kickboxing class at the same place. So I would take kickboxing and then the self-defense course right after. And I did it with my mom and my son. So great. Just because I did that show with Miriam. Well, after that show, I signed, I have three girls, two in college, one in high school. And I said, okay, everybody needs self-defense. Like tomorrow. So, like to <laughs> <laughs> So two of them just happened to be home and I sent them together. And that is so cool. There are so many free, yeah. free courses, by the way. Yes, I know. I think it was taught by our local police. Yep. Loads of communities have free self-defense courses. Everybody should go do one. I went to a free one and I liked it so much that I signed up for the classes. So yep. it was just, it was cool. By the way, I still could not defend myself against like a, an angry toddler, but I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. All right. So bringing it up to present day, I won't go on and on about recent shows because I think those everyone has listened to. But I mean, wow, have I had some influential guests that have really made an impact on my life and a lot of your lives. And so I will just give a quick shout out here, though, to the Isabella Fox and Duke show and the Jim Fortin show. So Isabella Fox and Duke came on and she's like, hey, Ella, did you know that you are actually trying to change your body all the time because every time you're like pursuing your next healthy lifestyle, you're actually hacking your body to make it stay a certain size or to, to have it be a certain size. Anyway, she sort of kicked my butt, Eileen, um, whether she intended to or not, about how I was just like, call it whatever you want. I was just trying to hack my body like constantly for about 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm in this weird place because I'm like, oh, so people can have cellulite or a little extra body fat or whatever the thing is they hate about themselves, right? And we can realize that that's actually just a standard being imposed on you. It's utterly meaningless. 
And like, what are you doing spending half your life, half of your life's energy trying to like change your body all the damn time and, and obsessing about what you eat. And like, I don't know, for some reason, it just really, really opened my eyes to how much energy I was giving something that's really very shallow. And what it's done, though, is it's created this weird place for me now where I'm like, oh, I'm actually totally okay if I don't look like I'm 19. Like, that should be okay. But Eileen, truth time, since it's just us having our pretend glasses of wine, (laughs) I don't want to gain three sizes and be okay with that either. Like, I just don't. Right. I don't either. Yeah. And the body positivity movement, like, it's, it's always wrong when you speak in things in terms of generalizations. And yet, it's a convenient device in order to have a conversation. So just humor me here. The body positivity movement as a whole is promoting health at every size. Like that's their thing. And I totally understand it. I have filled my Instagram feed with tons of different body types because I realized how much I was polluting my own brain by only looking at people that have very unrealistic bodies and how much that was actually you know, I, I think I'm stronger than that. Like, I'm not going to be so impressionable until I added real women to my Instagram feed. <laughs> and they're all real women. But you understand what I'm saying. Got me some slack here. And looking at normal bodies and normal unfiltered faces and realizing that we are so beautiful and we are so stupid. Like, we're so beautiful and we're so stupid because we don't know how beautiful we are. Do you know what? I, am I making any sense? Yes. Yes. I I don't know if we can name names, but I just saw a picture of somebody who I think is so pretty and she's out in Hollywood and you can totally tell she had work done. And I was so disappointed because she's so pretty and just now she doesn't look like you can never get that back. You know, I, and I think for a lot of people, maybe it's not even, you know, I want my 21 year old body back. It's just, I don't, I don't want to be saggy and I want to be able strong and I want to be able to carry in my own groceries. And I don't know. And you have stared death in the face. You have been like, okay, breast cancer, I'm not going down with you. Like I'm actually going to kick your ass and you did it. And I bet that was a huge, healthy dose of perspective for you. Huge. Absolutely huge. You know, but I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I don't want to like introduce new things to my family or myself over and over and over again. However, part of it is what keeps it interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, like you just had this woman on about the Ayurveda cooking and, and I had taken an Ayurveda cooking class sort of randomly. Oh, cool. and it re- yeah. And it reminded me, you know what, like it's winter. Uh, and I was out for a run and she's like, you know, you don't necessarily need to be outside running when it's freezing cold. Right. And I'm listening to this, like all bundled up on the golf course and the wind is thing. And <gasps> it's good for me. <laughs> Right. Right. So, uh, but uh, on the same hand, like, I don't, I want my clothes to fit when I put up, put them on. And I don't, I don't want to wear sweatpants, you know, on a Saturday night kind of thing because nothing fits me anymore. I don't want, I don't want that. I hear you. And I think there's such a danger in having this binary thinking, which by the way, is like where our society is going on every level. Everything's black or it's white. And like, there's no gray. And I'm like, you know what? There's a whole lot of gray. So can we just (laughs) introduce that? I don't have to be happy gaining three sizes any more than I have to be happy trying to keep myself as minuscule as possible. Like both of the, I reject both of those. 
Right. And so I have changed my words out, Eileen. What I do is I'm like, how do I want to feel? Well, I want to feel strong. That's always the first word that pops up. It's not skinny. Skinny doesn't even pop up for me. I want to feel strong. I want to feel sexy and I want to feel confident. Those are my three like physical verbs. When I think those are actually adjectives. Let's not think. (laughs) (laughs) I want to feel strong. I want to feel sexy and I want to feel confident. And I want to feel that way when I'm 85. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I used to really think that being smaller was somehow better. And when I think when I replace my adjectives with how I truly, truly want to feel I channel a whole different kind of energy. I can be strong and sexy and eat a chocolate chip cookie. I can be strong and sexy and have a glass of wine. And I also won't feel strong and sexy and confident if I'm not physical on a very regular basis because it makes me feel good. And I think it's just an undeniable fact that most people feel better when they are more physical and more in their bodies. So I'm unapologetically in the gray. Yeah. Well, you know what, Ella? I think that this is why you're... Uh, audience is so attached to you and enjoys everything that you're putting out there because it's real. And you are willing to, you always say that you're a bit of a dabbler and, you know, you're learning constantly. I love your intellectual curiosity and you're always sharing that with us. And you say, you know, I'm going to have a glass of wine. I'm going to have a cookie. Exactly what you just said. But I also want to be strong and I want to, you know, fit into a pair of jeans. And so, you know, I thank you as a listener for that because it's it's not you on the mountaintop shouting it down. Oh, you know, no. you're, you're out there, <laughs> you're foraging and you're getting information and you're sharing it with us and you don't have to do, I don't know what you've got, like 170 episodes or something. You're not going to onboard everything, but sort of, you know, your favorites or what, what your takeaways are, what works for you is really, really helpful. So I appreciate your honesty through all of this. You know what, Eileen, that I've realized is First of all, of course, I want to keep learning all the things and then sift through them and figure out which ones apply to me. And you guys have heard me say a hundred times, that's what I want you to do too. Like, here's the whole toolkit. Which four tools do you want? Like, which ones make sense in your life? But the other thing that I'm only just sort of kind of coming to realize is we go through seasons. So something that works for me in a season is brilliant. And then I don't need to pick up that tool again for months or years, if ever. So like intermittent fasting is something that I do in seasons when I need sort of a kickstart reset and it works for me. Or sometimes it's something that I do like in one day, just because that's how that day works out. And it's not like this big thing in my life anymore. It's not some program I'm trying to adhere to. It's just a tool. I know I have it. I use it sometimes when I need it. And I've really gained like a whole level of sanity and I want everyone, I you know, I want to encourage that and inspire that in everyone else. When I realized that, oh, it's not like, here's the wrench, keep this wrench in your pocket, use it at all times, you can never let go of the wrench. (laughs) It's like, oh, that wrench works for me, I will now put it in my own toolkit and pull it out when handy. My my analogy's falling apart, but you with me? Yeah, I'm totally with you. (laughs) Okay, so that's my short answer, my short, short answer to what is my favorite tip that I've learned, (laughs) I guess. Yeah, I know. I know. I can talk about them all. So thank you. I know. I already like I'm already kicking myself for the 10 things, you know, the 10 other people I want to reference and the 10 other things. But that's that's a first pass. 
Okay. So I want to know what you, what your professional life, what have you done to get you to or starting the podcast? Are you in the health field? Do you, are you a nine to fiver? What do you do? My own mom has no idea what I do. Just let's preface <laughs> this entire conversation with people when, when she's talking about her kids and she's like, well, my son does this. My other son does this. My other daughter does this. And then, um, then there's Ella. <laughs> she's, um, entrepreneurial. So it's a little bit sort of messy, but my professional background is that I started a career in broadcast media and media advertising and all of those things when I was 20, nothing. I graduated from college a little early, a little young. Um, and so I suppose I was 20, 21. I was a little bit younger than most when you, when you graduate from college. And so I started working really early. And um, I loved media and I loved media sales and I would occasionally dabble on the radio just because I was in that industry. And so sometimes I would do stuff on the air because I would literally just walk in to the studio and do that. And I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. But I really also love business. So I went to business school. I got my MBA a million and a half years ago in round numbers and graduated. I had my son while I was in business school. <laughs> and so when they were trying to place me, you know, when you go to graduate school, um, or that type of graduate school, the, um, the school wants to place you in a big, important job because that's kind of like what they do. You know, they, they take care of you and, and want to help you get placed and it helps the school look good. And of course helps the student who just paid, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars for their education. And I said, no, I don't want the job. Like, thank you so much. I really wanted this degree. The experience has been real. They were kind enough to give me a full scholarship. So that was obviously amazing. And I said, thank you. I don't want the big job. And they're like, wait, we, we like gave you a scholarship and you need to like go get the big job. <laughs> and I'm like there with my four month old baby. And I'm like, no, no, I got this. I got this. I'm going to go do my own thing. So it wasn't long before I started my own company. So I, I went to work with this consulting firm in the UK. It was based in London. And I met a bunch of people from all over the world. Um, I think there were only two Americans that worked for that company at the time. And so I was doing a great deal of international travel. I was working with them. And then I was like, mm, I'm a mom. And I should probably like do the mom thing a little bit. <laughs> so And maybe not hop on a plane every 10 minutes over to Europe. And so I actually started a company with two people from that company. Um, I started a business back in the States that's now 15 years old. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so one of the, one of the people I started with, he was our elder statesman. He, he brought like the gravitas to the business and he retired after five minutes. He was like, you know what? There's too much risk involved. I'm going to go ski. <laughs> and he left and my partner and I were like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I was 20, nothing at the time, like 20, nothing at the time. And so I had $300 in the bank. And, uh, you know, my slogan was will work for food. And I started a corporate consulting firm at that time. And that is how I earn a living. And so I still do that. Um, that is still a big, 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 big part of my life and my calendar. And yeah. in addition to that, I've started several businesses over the years. And then um, I've had On Air with Ella now for three, three and a half years. And it's so important to me. And I do some speaking gigs associated with Ella, you know, with, with, with the whole thing. And I do life coaching on a very limited basis, but I love it. I triple love it. And then, of course, I am starting to do events now as well. So the April retreat in Arizona is obviously sort of my first just Ella retreat. I've done 
uh, other people's events, but this one's the first one I'm doing on my own and I could not be more excited about it. It's totally in my wheelhouse because I do events in my corporate world all the time. So I'm happy to kind of transfer some of that experience over, over to this side of my life. Yeah. So the event is really, really interesting. It looks beautiful. How did you sort of put it all together? Oh my gosh. Well, I can't wait to find out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just made like 25 people panic who <laughs> have their tickets in their hands. No. So here's the deal. And by the way, there's still five seats left. I have room for five more people, but it's not the type of thing that I want to sell to anybody because I only want the people there who are like, I need to do something and this is what I need to do. You know, but what I love about this is I have attended other people's events as a presenter, you know, and doing workshops and that sort of thing. There is nothing like taking the life coaching stuff that I do on the show. You guys have heard a little bit of it. There's nothing like doing it in a room with real people and coming up with real results and like really moving the needle. It is the most rewarding experience that I have in my professional life, like absolutely hands down the most rewarding. I wanted to do it somewhere warm. That was really important. And I wanted to do it somewhere that I loved and that I knew so that I knew where to take us, you know, to dinner and knew where to go have a good time. And um, I got engaged in Scottsdale. So that's great. That's right. Mr. Husband took me up in a hot air balloon and we were 4,000 feet above Scottsdale when he proposed. And it was so funny because he's 6'3 and <laughs> I'm not. And the basket in the, in the hot air balloon, the basket came up to like, I don't know, my waist. But for him, it felt like it came up to like right above his knee. Okay. Like, don't fall out. So, and, and, and by the way, like hot air balloons are supposed to be cute. And like, we were 4,000 feet in the air, which is a lot of feet. Eileen. That's a lot of feet. A lot I of have, feet. I'm nauseous. And, but my, my husband, he took out, he took out the ring and he's like, put this on. Like that was the proposal. <laughs> <laughs> he was like shoving it on my, like so worried. Cause one little gust of wind. And, right. Uh, you know, someone with a metal detector in Scottsdale two years from now would have been a very happy camper. It was honestly amazing. We landed and I had no idea that this is customary. The pilot, it's just us and our, our hot air balloon pilot. He lands us like in this deserty area. He whips out a picnic table. Like, I don't even know where that thing was <laughs> and a tablecloth and champ- champagne and, and says this like hot air balloonist prayer over. <laughs> <laughs> and, and lo and behold, we were engaged. So that's Scottsdale, Eileen. <laughs> okay. That, that sounds awesome. I can honestly say a break from your life where you're focused on you and friendships and exercise and eating really is life-changing. I'm not here to like, you know, sell anybody like you said, but just if people are on the fence, it really restores you in a way that's unexpected. Another thing that I think is super powerful is I'm not great. You guys have heard me out myself about like my social life before on the air. I, oh, I put everything in front of my social life. So other people put everything in front of their fitness or everything in front of eating right or everything in front of taking care of their finances. For me on that life balance wheel that I talked to you guys about, like all of those different slices of the pie, my social life and nurturing my friendships and nurturing friendships with women particularly that always comes last for me. And and it just is. Like again, other people put their health last. Other people put their financial like well-being last. For me, it's 
relationships outside of my intimate, intimate, intimate circle. Well, I'll tell you something. I am really missing that, Eileen. I'm really missing it in my life. And there are so many people that I care about, but also that they enrich my life when I spend time with them. And so I'm excited about having a girls weekend. Yeah, you should be. And and you know what? Something something always comes last because something it's an has order. To come last. Something has to come last. So good for you for you know taking this opportunity and put bringing everybody together. I know people are going to love it. Well, thank you. I'm super excited about it. I'll I'll tell you guys all about it. I'll record some of it so you can hear a little bit of it. But nothing nothing will be quite like being there. But anyway, okay. What's our next question? Let's see. Let's talk a little bit about starting your business because, you know, you were in London. We may have even actually lived in London around the same time, but then to say, okay, I'm coming back. I'm going to start a business. You have a baby. There's a lot of um, hurdles. So were you nervous? Were you too young to like, I have nothing to lose or you found these two good, the one guy says, all right, I'd rather go skiing. I mean, that's a little part, you know, relationships in business can be tricky. So what were you feeling? Where, what do you say to other women who are sort of on the cusp? So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I love this question. And I've had lots of different experiences because I've started different businesses and every single one has been very, very different. So my consulting business, I started out of 100% necessity. There was no time to think. There was no time to panic. There was no time to doubt myself. Ignorance was uh, bliss to some degree. I had no idea what I was doing. I was the breadwinner in the family at the time. I had no choice, like none, zero, zip. So that's actually a beautiful place to be because you're either foolish or ignorant or young or, you know, naive or all of those things. And you just do because you have to. That's a, that's not a bad place to be. And a lot of success stories are born out of that kind of start. Now let's compare and contrast that to something like On Air with Ella. I started On Air with Ella many years later. I was a full grown adult, as you might say, lots of experience and a lot more to lose, Eileen, like a lot more to lose. And, you know, it set a very high standard for myself. And I have all the same feelings that every single one of you listening right now has whenever you think about doing that thing that you know you want to do, but you're too scared to do it. And you're like, well, what if I fail? What if people see me fail? Well, what if I do it and I just look foolish? Like I, I just like people see a side of me that they weren't expecting or I don't do it well. Or why would I do that when someone else is already doing it? That's my favorite one. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, what is new? Like, should I have never started this podcast because somebody was already doing a podcast? Or should I have not done it on wellness and personal development? Because, you know, ain't nobody else doing that. (laughs) Right. 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 Like, that's not a reason. I mean, I was just talking to somebody the other day, and she's having the same dialogue in her own head about how the space is crowded. Should she do this? And I was like, okay, Let's just tell ourselves the story about Starbucks. Starbucks came into the world as an independent coffee house. And if they had looked around and said, you know what? Like every town has a coffee house. There's no space for us. I mean, that if they had that that defeatist mentality, they'd have a very different future. And now there's a Starbucks every 17 feet everywhere (laughs) in every country in all the world. You go be you in your crowded space. You go do you. No no one else. I mean, I sound like an Instagram quote, but no one else can go out there and do the thing you're going to do the way you're going to do it because they're not you. Right. So that imposter syndrome, though, Eileen, that shuts down more creativity and more almost going to do it, want to do it. Um, You know, and that feeling that I might fail, somebody might see me fail. Or what am I doing here? Other people are doing this better than I. 
Like that shuts down more imagination, more creativity than actual failure ever will. Right, right. In my, in my professional life, I design websites and do a lot of blog coaching for people. And okay. I have a few, I have many success stories, but one woman in particular hired me. We spent so much time on her website design and on her blog and, and you know, setting up her social media. And literally we were about to launch and she said to me, she called in, in like a panic, you know, like at nine o'clock on a Thursday night, like on my house line saying, uh, I, I've had a change of heart. My, you know, my dog, one of them's going to college. You know, my dog is old. My husband <laughs> is taking a trip, like whatever the, like, right. you know, my feet are flat, like the most, obs- you know, obscure random. And I said to her, okay, there's two things. Number one, I already launched it. I love it. Exactly. You are in business. So off off we go. And now it's she's she's been doing a great job. She's had two book offers. She's guest posted other places. It's totally taken on a whole new life and given her a whole new life. Because like you say, so many opportunities come from putting yourself out there. And it may be unexpected. It could be people asking you to come and speak. It could be um, just, you know, consulting for your friends. It could be your creative outlet. Like not everything has to have, I mean, I like it, believe me, when it has a monetary reward. But, you know, sometimes it takes a while for that to appear. And sometimes it doesn't need to be that. It could be, I love like these mom vloggers who are talking about diaper bags and have thousands of followers. It could be anything. Absolutely. And those, some, some people are financially rewarded and some people are rewarded with community. Some Mm -hmm. people have this happy virtue of having all of the things, but you know, people's lives are enriched when they will take the risk. And some part of you dies every time you tell that dream. No, I think sometimes people think that you have to be like that super creative, super visionary type to kind of go out there and grab the brass ring and like create the things and like take the risk and launch the launch. And and I'm like, nah, you just need to have the thing that you're really like you really care about and, and that lights you up and get your blood flowing when you think about it. That's your thing. And it might change in five years. But you know, right now, if your thing is the blog where you share your stories so that other people know that they aren't alone, like that is somebody needs you. Somebody is missing your voice in the world and you don't have to be amazing. You just have to be you. The, the lack the failure to launch is a much greater travesty than actual failure. Right, right. My daughter, um, my girls are all sailors and one of them had to take this course for being a sailing instructor. And, and at the end you go in with the instructor and he says, you know, how do you think you did? And she said, uh, and he said to her, well, you know what, you know what they say to the student who, who came in last in medical school? Do you know what they call that person? And he said, they call that person doctor. So get out there. <laughs> and you may have to walk yourself off the ledge. And, and if not, get a coach. I, I'm so glad you said that because to me, that's where the power of a coach comes in. I mean, I have, I obviously have had coaches before. I encourage everyone who wants to do anything 
to get some kind of coach and get a coach for the area that you want to do something. Are you trying to get your finances in order? Get a financial coach. They will change your life. Are you trying to launch something? Get a life coach who will hold you accountable. Are you trying to finally actually truly take care of yourself and get healthy and feel good? Then get a coach who knows how to like kind of cut through your excuses and and motivate you in the right direction. I think that getting a coach is so much better for most people than getting a therapist. And that's a big statement and a controversial one. And I stand by it. I totally, I totally agree with you. I think you're a spot on. Okay. So we have time for some maybe like rapid fire questions, Eileen. What do you think? You want to hit me with like a lightning round kind of thing? Yes. Number one. All right. Do you have a never list? Like never have I ever or <laughs> never, never would I ever eat uh, chocolate cake at 3 a.m. or never, ever would I, you know, I don't know, uh, wear over the counter makeup products or, you know, <laughs> my, the airline, uh, the airline lost my luggage uh, a few months ago and I had, it was the kind of flight where I fly in no bra because, you know, I'm letting my limps just hang out there. Okay. So I'm flying in no bra, but don't worry. I had like some sort of yoga tank top on under my clothes, something. I wasn't just free booming everywhere, but anyway, and I was not dressed for a conference room. And it was one of those flights that I leave at five 30 in the morning. And then I change like in the Uber <laughs> or in the airport and show up and walk into the meeting at 8am. Right. Well, they lost my bags. <laughs> Yes, I should have had the thing I was wearing. I know, I know, I know, but I didn't. And so I went into some pharmacy drugstore type place and bought like the grossest, cheapest makeup you could possibly buy that probably would kill me if I used it for longer than three months. And I put that stuff on like it was war paint. <laughs> Walked into a store, bought a dress and some heels and went to that meeting. So that cannot be on my never list. <laughs> okay. All right. In other words, the moral of that story is sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I'm not a fan of the word never, mostly because it makes a liar out of me. So every time I was never going to get married, you know, I was never going to have kids, by the way. I was, I mean, all the nevers I've, have always just made me a, a, a liar at the end of the day. But I actually do have an answer to that. So I have kind of three that popped into my mind instantly, and they are in varying degrees of importance. The first one is never, ever, ever, ever lie. It's hard. Good one. Like it's just important. never lie. And, and what that's done is it's forced me to say no when I could have made an excuse and where younger me would have just made an excuse. I just say no. Sometimes I say no. Sometimes I'm like, oh, thank you so much, but I can't do it. And I don't explain why because it's not anybody's business. When I've committed to myself to never, ever, ever lie, it really forces me to kind of put my big girl pants on in a lot of situations and, and say things that I used to not be very good at saying or have awkward conversations sometimes or just let my, you know, my no stand or, or whatever my response may be stand and not warrant like some kind of lengthy explanation where, where the easier option would be to kind of tell a convenient quote, white lie. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that's, that's a good, important. It's harder than it sounds. Oh gosh, it's so hard sometimes. And I'm trying to think of whether I violate it because I don't want to sound sanctimonious. Um, and I'm trying to think if I violate it. Like, I think if somebody got a haircut that truly uh, it just was ghastly, I mean, really, does that ever happen? Does that really happen? But if somebody got a haircut and they're like, what do you think? I, I don't think I would say, well, to tell you the truth, I don't love it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there are other ways to say, 
you know what? You can pull off so many different looks. Like, go rock this look. It's probably something I would say. Yeah. When my brother first saw me when I had no hair, when I was going through chemo, he said, oh my gosh, you really have the most perfectly shaped head. I had no idea. Like, how nice is that? That's so nice. He sounds amazing. And I think it was really from his heart. I don't think he was like practicing what he was going to say when he saw me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and you know what? (laughs) Sometimes people take pride in being super blunt. But bluntness is actually not a trait I admire. Like I actually admire people who have skill or just who have an inherent kindness and who actually learn how to tell the truth. And sometimes it's a blunt truth, but they aren't blunt for sport. Like I don't take any pleasure in that. And I don't admire that quality in other people. I totally agree. I think that's very different than telling the truth. Yeah, I think it's an important distinction to make. Okay. Um, The other thing on my never list would be um, I never, ever, ever use like really nasty words when I'm arguing with my husband, that's a line we just don't cross. And you know, when, and and you know, when you've gone below the line, and by the way, I go below, I I go below the line. Like I have rental space down there. I definitely spend time below the line. So I have a very colorful vocabulary. Okay. I try to keep it off of the air because I just, I think it's lazy. I honestly think when we rely on curse words um, for our adjectives and our nouns and our verbs, like it's actually quite lazy and it's also not something we need more of in the world. So I don't like to project that on the air, but I'm just going to keep it dead real with you. I have moments and contexts where I have a very colorful vocabulary. Now, with that said, I will not unleash that vocabulary in my relationship with my husband. And I don't joke around. Um, you know, I hear women joke around about their husbands and say, oh, he's such a, you know, whatever, and insert your derogatory term there. Like, I just will not use or allow any of that language in my, in my, even my ugliest conversations with my husband. Yeah. I 100,000% agree with you. So unnecessary, bad for your children. Oh gosh. You know, it's, it's generational. Those types of yeah. conversations like trickle down far away and it's not helpful. Yeah. And you know what? It's just like, I want there to be a sacred line. So <laughs> I have, so I'm about to, a bunch of people are about to like me a lot less when I use this analogy. I have a dog who it's the best dog in the world. Like I know you have the best dog in the world, but I have the best dog in the world. Like I love her. I'm, I'm covering Rusty's ears right now. Sitting here, not happy. Right. We all have our best dog in the world if we have a dog. So she's extremely important to me. I love her very much. And she is not allowed in my bedroom. So she's allowed all over the whole house. And there's a line at the door and she is not allowed to cross it. So she will literally lie down in the hall and put like one little toenail over the line. But she knows what the rule is. And there's so many reasons why and not the least of which is because she sheds like an absolute fiend and my bedroom is my sanctuary. So it's just not happening. And I understand there's a whole faction of people listening to us right now who just decided they like me a little bit less and they are sleeping with their dog tonight. (laughs) And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But Zara is not allowed past the door because my bedroom is our sanctuary and I'm okay with it. So I feel that way with my relationship with my husband. And sometimes I look at him and I'm like, I just want to eat him. I love him so much. Like I just, oh, he's so sexy and I love him so much. And he still makes me weak in the knees. And other times I look at him and I'm like, the sound of you breathing could not be more irritating. Okay. So I just think that we should, I just think we should tell the truth. And so it's so important that you guys understand that I'm living in no fantasy land here when it comes to my husband. So all those things can exist in the same relationship. Now, 
all of those shades of gray existing, I will not introduce certain things to my marriage. And talking to him worse than I would talk to anyone else ever is just not at all allowable. That's a huge never for me. You know, all the passion, all the arguments, all the happiness, but we don't need to go below the line. Wow, I really talked about that a long time. Can you tell I'm passionate about it? It's it's true. That's for all relationships, I think. You know, be the person that you want on the other side and it will come back to you. You know, if maybe change has to start with you. If If somebody is having these kind of dialogues, because so much of it is just habit. It and if is, you stop, Eileen, right. You're so right. I never in a million years would have thought of that one, but I think that's really, really important. Um, all right. Lightning. Next question. Go. I'm really doing a great job of responding quickly. <laughs> is there an Ella guilty pleasure? I mean, Eileen, there are a bunch of pleasures. I don't feel guilty about any of them. Good. Good. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I, I like to eat good food and sometimes I watch really stupid television like mindlessly. I don't I feel guilty about it though. <laughs> I don't feel guilty about it. I, I, I'm with you. It's okay. Also, that okay. was, that was close okay. to lightning. That's as close to lightning as you're going to get from me. Okay. okay. All right. Good. All one right. more. Last. One more. I think we got one more. Okay. One more. How often do you work out really? Cause I know that you are a woman on the go. Yeah. You have all these businesses, you have a child, you have a husband. How often do you work out? Six days a week. Six days a week. Six days that a week. Is- But, but you know what, let me define workout because this is super, super important. First of all, you don't need to work out six days a week. Let's start there. I think that the baseline is three days a week, just with regard to baseline movement. I think you should attempt to move your body in a meaningful way, seven days a week. And I think you should exercise and work up a sweat baseline three days a week. I think that that's what you're designed to do. And I think you're really cutting yourself short if you're not doing it. So let me explain those two things. Moving your body seven days a week means get in your body because I've talked about this before. Women do this particularly. Men do it too, but women, I think, will relate to this. We sort of cut off our bodies from the neck down. I'm gesturing right now with my hand, like you cut (laughs) off your body from the neck down. And like we wear baggy clothes or we just tune out of whatever our body's doing and feeling and we kind of ignore it. And I could go on. You guys have heard me talk about this before. Anytime you move your body in a meaningful way, so whether you just do some stretches, you don't have to be a yogi to just do lunges and downward facing dog. I mean, come on. And, or you do like 10 push-ups, or you do 10 jumping jacks, or you walk your dog. There are very few real legitimate excuses for not actually moving your body in a day because you were totally designed for that. And if we live in a world now where you can't move your body for five minutes, you know, something is drastically drastically wrong. The reason I believe that's so powerful is because it gets us in our body, Eileen. It makes it much harder to just tune out and just stuff our faces or, you know, just not care for ourselves. So I think if you have no intention of exercising, when I do business travel, I always say I'm going to exercise. I always pack all the kit and I don't ever, I hardly ever get to exercise on a business trip because I'm just going, 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 going from seven in the morning till, you know, 11 o'clock at night. So I know I'm not going to exercise when I'm being honest with myself. So I'll just get up and I'll just do like some stretches, some weird movements in my hotel room and maybe a couple pushups. And that's it. That is it. But I just connected my head to the rest of my body. Does that make sense? Total sense. Total okay. sense. That's and, not and working I'm, out. That's just movement. Go on. But but move, I I think a lot of people get in the set of if I don't do it in the morning, it's never going to happen. And then by 
you know, three o'clock in the afternoon or whatever, they say, oh, it didn't happen again. But I've just reset. I started taking a yoga class at night and then going to the gym with my daughter after she does her homework. We go together. So we have our little accountability partners or what, as Gretchen Rubin would say, you know, we're upholding to one another. And it's changed everything. And it's really good for the mind, even even sometimes more than the body. So I'm, I'm with you. When you, when you can separate movement from exercise, first of all, you stop making excuses about movement. There are none. And if you're ambulatory, then there are none. And then you look at exercise quite differently and you found something that fits into your life. I think that the hardest thing about exercise is just, well, we make it so much harder than it is, but I calendar it. I treat it like a meeting. I calendar it. I treat it just like I would a conference call. And sometimes it's at 6.30 in the morning and sometimes it's at 5 o'clock in the afternoon and sometimes it's at 8 o'clock at night. But I know the day before when that window is going to be and I make it happen. And so if I'm not traveling, that's five to six days a week for me. Seven would make me happier because I'm a very physical animal and I mentally feel better if I have worked up a sweat that day. The first thing is, is to stop lying to yourself, like to actually tell yourself the truth. And if you're not going to do something, your chosen form of exercise that day, then say, today I am not doing it. It is not a priority. There's so much power in staking that claim instead of saying, I should, I should, I should, I should, or I will, I will, I will, I will. That really chips away at your strength and your confidence and your, like, your stick-to-itiveness. The other thing I'll say is, find the thing that works for you. Like, I know so many people who don't belong in a gym. They just don't belong in a gym, Eileen. If that is you don't go to the gym. Like, like, go take up dancing or play tennis. Your grandparents never went to a gym. Right. You don't need the gym. You do not need the gym. Yeah. Right. Find the thing that feels like play or just really feels good. It's out there. Like it's definitely out there. It shouldn't feel like this big, huge burden or this punishment for Pete's sake. So, okay. We'll do a show on that. Eileen, you've, you've just inspired a, another show topic. All right. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time and getting to know you. This went so fast. I know we talked a long time. I know I was long-winded. I guess I had a lot of pent-up stuff to talk about. If this inspired more questions that you guys want to ask, send them to me on social media or comment on the show notes, um, you know, on the website for this episode. You can always find the episodes by going to onairwithella.com and then just forward slash the episode number. It pulls up all of the notes. Eileen, tell people, let's plug your business before we let you go. You've been such a sport. Thank you so much. Tell everybody about your web design business. Just throw your website out there so they know where to find you. Sure. It's EileenLonergan.com. And I build WordPress websites for all different size companies and individuals and do lots of blog coaching and um, social media help, um, you know, with your newsletters. And uh, I love it. I've been doing it for like eight years. It's great. I love it. Well, you guys, I know a ton of you need a website or want to improve your website. So, hey, let's share some love in the Ella community and check out Eileen's site. I'll put it in the show notes, Eileen. Thank you. All right, sister. You inspire me so much and I really appreciate you just jumping on here. It's my pleasure. I loved it. All right. You guys go have a great day. Love you. 
Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Don't forget to join our Facebook page and thanks for those phenomenal reviews in iTunes. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.